0: Welcome to Relaunch, the real estate podcast focused on helping you find your success in real estate. My name is Lauren Cooper. I am an active real estate sales representative just north of Toronto, Canada. The whole purpose of this podcast is to bring you actionable content by interviewing the best of the best in this business, helping to take you from zero to hero in your real estate career. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Relaunch. Today, we are welcoming Vivian Sharon. Hello, Vivian. How are you today?
1: Very well. Great to be with you. Thank you. Thank you so
0: much for taking the time. I appreciate it. So uh, why don't you tell the listeners or the watchers on YouTube uh, a little bit about yourself and where your business is, a bird's eye view shot of what's happening today.
1: Right. I'm a real estate broker right now uh, with Sotheby's International Realty Canada. I've been in the business now full time in real estate for six years and it's been a wonderful evolution. Um, I joined Sotheby's a year and a half ago, and prior to that, I was about five years at uh, Keller Williams Referred Realty in Toronto. Two wonderful brokerages, and I'm very happy in what I do.
0: And you're still in the Toronto area, correct?
1: Yes, I have my home office, uh, where I am right now, um, in the Yorkville area of Toronto, so I really focus a lot of my business on where I live and the neighborhood that I know. I've been here now for 15 years, living in a condo, so I totally understand the condo lifestyle. However, I tell people that I've really done the whole spectrum of real estate because I started with as a renter, as a young person, then newly married. Um, we moved from the rental apartment, Midtown Toronto, to the first townhouse had a young family, two sons, grew the family, moved to a first uh, large detached home in North York, and a second larger detached home in North York. And then 15 years ago, kids grown, passed university, living on their own, decided downsize. And so I've been through, and I tell my clients, because I try to be authentic and tell them my story, that that's what I've done. I understand every single phase because I've been to every through every phase myself, and I've also bought um, vacation home in uh, in the states in Florida. I've gone through that process as well personally owning, buying and selling a vacation home. I get that too. Oh, so fantastic. I really, I really understand what's going on. So I, and I really love what I do because it's experience I share.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, that's a wealth of knowledge that you can share with your clients. So that definitely helps. Yes. All right. So what is it that drew you to real estate in the first place? Because you got your license around 2012, correct? Correct. Yeah. So maybe tell us a little bit of background, what you were doing before real estate and what drew you to real estate.
1: Sure. Uh, For many years, uh, we owned a family uh, real estate property management company, like for 25 plus plus years. I was working within that company for some of those years, Um, not involved hands-on running property management, uh, plumbing issues in buildings, and so on. And this would be commercial and residential properties in Canada and one or two in the US. Um, So quite a, a staff down in Midtown Toronto dealt with that dealt with administration, understand what goes on behind the scenes in managing properties, residential and commercial, and um, dealing with the day-to-day business. So that gave me a huge understanding of the business from the beginning. That was very, very helpful. So that was really my background. I also was a very much community-minded person. I did a lot of community volunteer work on several hospital boards and um, women's groups. So networking, knowing people, and I therefore brought business and clients to to the real estate property management business. People who needed buildings to be looked after by property managers, I would say this is what we do. So it was an offshoot. Going into real estate was a definite succession plan for me to go into the next step and to go into business on my own.
0: So that was always there in the back of your mind to go into uh, real estate sales? No, it
1: evolved. <laughs> it evolved. As as life changes, this was an evolution. Took all the exams, took the broker's license, went back to school, not at such a young age. It wasn't that easy to go back to, to take the real estate courses. People think it's that easy. It's a lot of exams and online stuff. And uh, I just did it, and I went into sales. This was real estate sales, as I've now been six years, full-time in the business. And it's been great. I love it. It has not been easy.
0: No, a lot of people find that. And and even those that come in with maybe some friends or family that are saying they're going to use them and they use them. And then after that happens, where do they get the business from, right?
1: The big challenge is getting on the phone, asking for business and prospecting. That is not something I did ever in my life because the, the family business we had, well, people, things came to us and it was and it was just networking and so on. But I never worked at it so exclusively. But when you're on your own, deciding to go into real estate uh, as, a, as a profession, it, it means you have to get out there. You're your own CEO. You're your own CEO. You have to know, what am I going to do every day? No one's there telling you nine to five. So you have to come into the office or your home office and you have to plan your day. And I didn't know where to begin, I'll be honest. The first Two years, I think it was the roughest for me, even with all my background and connections in life, community, and previous work.
0: It wasn't easy. Yeah, same for myself. Now, give us a little bit of a a better picture of coming into the business. You interviewed different brokerages, different companies, I'm assuming. You decided on Keller Williams, right? Yes, I did. Yes. And uh, what was it like getting into that? I know the Keller Williams environment in general, they're pretty heavy on training, which is great. Um, so give me a picture of what your first year was actually like.
1: So I decided very early on when I completed all my exams and I didn't interview with a lot of people, I I knew that Keller Williams was the answer I had thought. And I agreed that it was to help me get trained because I absolutely had no training except got all the exams and did well and did that part of it. But then what do you do next? Like, who do you call? How do you call? What do you say? And all the forms and all the things that one needs to know in this business it is so much more complex than I ever thought. And you don't learn this in real estate, uh, Ontario Real Estate School.
0: No, they just teach you basically try not to get sued, do everything right, but they don't teach you how to actually get the business.
1: <laughs> and that's very much, I think, the responsibility of the brokerage. And many brokerages don't want to get involved in that because they're not – they're not geared for training. They expect you to know what you're doing. So I figured when I started six years ago, I had to go with a, a brokerage that's going to train. And that's where I went for the first year to two years. They call it productivity training and productivity coaching. And there was one hired at Keller Williams Referred Realty. The office was at York Mills They then had St. Clair and they had a they have a King Street Bathurst office. I was affiliated with the North, North York office at the time. And I just started with some 30 other newbies in real estate in a group, learning um, all that you need to know if you're dealing with buyers, if you're dealing with sellers, how to negotiate, how to market, how to prospect, what are all the forms all about um, to to, to do the right thing for your clients and to build a business. It took me two years to figure that out.
0: I'll now. be honest. And during those yeah. two years, it takes a while. It's definitely a learning curve for most people, I'd say, to do it right yes. and properly anyway. Yes. Um, during those two years, you were active and trying to, to get business and doing business. Uh, maybe paint yes. a picture of what your first year in business was like in terms of production, in terms of finding clients. Did you have a specific uh, methodology that you followed or, or way of prospecting?
1: Not really. <laughs> I mean, the way they tell you to start is just who do you know? And the best source is your database so I had no database to be honest and you have to start with the database so I'm going through my whatever phone I had at the time Blackberry maybe now iPhone (laughs) so I went through it and uh, who do I know and I made a list and uh, even learning that CRM system which is your database system which one to go with and enter all the things a lot of admin on top of everything you can get Bogged down with admin and not do prospecting and lead generating and things that bring in dollars. Right, that was my big difficulty. I had to do. I had to realize. So what did I do? I got on the phone with great fear and had a little script that I was given or several scripts how to talk to people that you, who you know and how to be effective. Um, I did some of that and got on the phone and did some lead prospecting, cold calls, neighborhood kind of thing, just sold homes from my brokerage, people who just sold and just listed. So like and circle
0: prospecting around.
1: Circle those. prospecting and and database prospecting. So that was the only way I got business. So what did I have the first year? I had a couple of leases, and that was where you really begin. I would say with the coaching program, start with a couple of leases, get to create a relationship with these tenant clients, and in a couple of years, you keep in touch with these people, show them great service, and they will buy. And in most cases, that does happen in a few years. So that is how I began, and I had a couple of deals, buyer deals, not seller sellers, but buyers. So I had a couple of deals the first year. And it was a start, and I was pleased with okay. that.
0: Okay. (laughs) Now, I know that you made a transition after that first few years uh, recently to a different brokerage. What led to that transition?
1: So I spent five really great years of learning and building my business every year. I'd say 20, 30%. It's been growing uh, every year. And after I think the five-year benchmark, I felt um, I needed a change. And I think it's been a really good one because I'm now with Sotheby's International Realty Canada. It's a very top tier global company, deal with clients from all over the world. The brand recognition of Sotheby's was really important to me. I work the downtown Yorkville Annex, Rosedale, Bay Corridor, Young Street Corridor, north of Toronto, niche market. And... I think that the name of and the brand was really important to me because when I would tell people new client potential leads, I'm with Sotheby's International. Oh, is that the art auction house? (laughs) I said they found they were the they are well known for 250 plus years as the art auction house of Sotheby's based in London, England. But the offshoot is now Sotheby's International Realty in all over the world. 70 countries, and Canada is has been a viable entity as a realty brokerage for 15 years. Top-tier people join Sotheby's, and I figured this is where I really need to be.
0: Now, you had mentioned uh, your specific niche market and, and that uh, geographic little circle of Toronto. For those that are out of town and other areas of North America, why don't we go into that a little bit and explain what is your niche market?
1: Sure. So... I have really two niche markets. One is the geographic niche because I live and work in central and midtown Toronto. I really understand the condo market and the residential market of detached and townhomes and so on, the Victorian homes of downtown and so on. So, I really have the lifestyle and the understanding um, of the of living in Yorkville, and I. The, and all that it goes with, and the area beyond. So Yorkville's a very small center core, but it offshoots to central Toronto, central Toronto mid-Toronto, downtown Toronto, and the TTC Corridor, which goes north along Yonge Street. And I've done all my deals pretty well, with a few exceptions at the Beach and Bluer West Village. I'm mainly central Toronto.
0: Okay. Now, did you go after that market with that in mind, or did that just sort of fall into place because of other circumstances?
1: It really was something that I planned because I now have a business Facebook page, Yorkville Lifestyle, and it's quite active in, in what I do because I go around and meet people who live in Yorkville, new construction happening, I'll focus on new restaurants happening, I'll do a little video. So it's not just real estate, it's lifestyle. I get it. And I live in the area and I love it. I'm here 15 years. Uh, so I've built a reputation in this in this city central core. And it's really been effective. And I planned that because why not use what you know and where you live and what you love to do?
0: Right. So it's very community focused to involve the community outside of when they're just looking to buy and sell real estate. But really what's happening in and around the community as well.
1: I think when people look to buy or sell, they're looking for a local expert, even though I would also work North York, Thornhill, other areas. And I lived there in my other life when I had a house.
0: I grew up in, in Thornhill, groups. so yeah. <laughs> oh, lovely!
1: I've done some deals up there in Richmond Hill, too. Up there, <laughs> just north of Toronto. So um, it's great. I just love what I do, and 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 just it it has evolved to be a very important part of my business. And one thing to note: I'm also I consider myself a VIP concierge broker. I don't work with tons of clients. I work with three or four at the same time. Um, and I give them my 100%, and then when that deal's done, I work with the others simultaneously as well, but it's not like I have a huge team. I don't want to build a huge team because then they're not going to get me. They'll get somebody else, and things will get potentially lost in the shuffle, and I don't want that. I really want to build it because I want to do it, and I want to be hands-on, and I never really wanted to be part of a team.
0: Now, so you're a solo agent. Do you have uh, some sort of support in the way of administration or, or anything along those lines?
1: Yes, I, re- I do. And uh, before I answer that, I want to explain to you one thing I didn't mention is my second niche. Um, because I am uh, a, a baby boomer, have a senior parent, have a very active website, which is very important, um, which is com. I have a whole seniors and baby boomers section. And that is a second niche market besides the whole Yorkville geographic that we discussed. I just wanted to say that I also very heavily work um, with the older adults and their older senior parents. What to do with their with their situation, with their home, with the family home that their parents have lived in? That's a whole other area we can talk about if you wish. Absolutely. The downsizing market is very, very key and it's like twenty eight percent of the population in Canada are sixty-five and up and it certainly will grow. So these people need assistance in the real estate market and I get it because I have an older mother and I am a boomer. So that's my second niche. So I just want to explain that and everything else in between that goes goes on. Mm-hmm, fantastic. <laughs> well, yes,
0: I, I've been involved in that as well. And uh it's it's different because a lot of these people have been in the same homes for you know, decades upon decades, and that's the thought right. of moving is quite traumatic to them. And usually it's a push from the uh, grown-up children to say maybe it's time to move on, and and so to help them through that whole process is a completely different experience than somebody looking to buy or sell their first or second home.
1: Exactly, so that's uh, an expertise, and I've taken advanced training on that, and I'm uh, like one of 29 in Canada that has accredited master uh, senior agent accreditation working with the network of specialists that I have available to help the family, not just the transaction to sell the family home, uh, but also to help them throughout the whole process. So that's extremely important, so I want to mention that. Now, sorry, you mentioned about who helps me in my business. I have a very young, fabulous young millennial, 20-something, who from the beginning, when I realized six years ago, my technology skills were zero. <laughs> And I mean zero. All really? I could do, yes, I came in with a huge handicap. So talk about the coaching program learning real estate. I had to learn computer skills on top of it. And I like freaked out the first year in tears because I didn't know the basics. I I passed that in my in my sort of career in in managed property management and I had other people do stuff for me. But I had to do this myself. So I I came across a a young fellow who does wonderful video training and technology training and how-tos on. I went from a PC and now to a Mac for various reasons. And I went from zero to really knowing more than most. And it's unbelievable. And you need to be technology savvy today to do DocuSign and to do Dropbox and to do um, Google Drive and all the things and the apps we have. I would be lost, and I needed that. As important as real estate training.
0: So you got technology training.
1: I hired somebody privately at great expense. Every month we'd have meetings at my office or my home office. And I'd have a list of 20 things. Teach me this. (laughs) Teach me that. Teach me that. And it started with the basics. The basics that you'd laugh at if I tell you what they were. Like copy pasting. And doing word doc. Don't ask. It was crazy.
0: <laughs> but now you've got your own IGTV series and everything else that goes with it. So obviously it right. worked.
1: So right. let's talk about
0: that a little bit because we've gone in that direction. Um, how did that all start?
1: So it evolved, and uh, I sort of don't have terrible fear of talking and camera stuff, and uh, I was in journalism before, so. Um, before, before, so in any case, uh, this young fellow, you know, he said, let's do, we know the power of YouTube, we know the power of video, and in one or two seconds or minutes, you can say more than who wants to read all this stuff, people don't have time, we know that, so we started to do some videos, I would do videos with my iPhone, then uh, I'd go around the community and so on, interview people, however, this videographer, technologyist person that I deal with, um, has all this equipment, and we needed to do a video about me, my story. So at the beginning of my website is a three-minute video, of my story, and, and I worked with him every year on a new project. One was the, my personal video. The year after was walking in five neighborhoods in Toronto, meeting people. This is done professionally, and mm-hmm. it's on my website, different neighborhoods. And I've walked through different neighborhoods, and he had a big camera behind me, and we did that maybe two summers ago, and it's like live what's happening in the annex. Um, now we did a buyer series, how to buy a property in 11 steps, which is on Instagram, which you said IGTV. And I send it out to my database, and I send it out on social media to to teach people what are the ABCs of buying a property,
0: So let's get into the strategy of that for a second, because that's really interesting. A lot of people are afraid to get into video, but they know it's the the big thing for the last several years and going into the future, right? So you mentioned that uh, this gentleman who's helping you with technology, he's also big on on the camera, he helped you with these videos. Now, do you have a a budget set in mind in terms of time, because your time is worth money and actual cost that all factors into your marketing overall per year, I would assume.
1: Yes. I would say it takes up uh, a monthly chunk of the money that I, I put on my list for operating costs.
0: Okay. Yes. So would you be able to give those out there an idea of what maybe, how long is, is a video typically? Does it run a typical length? Um,
1: two minutes to four or five, I would say.
0: Okay. And you're getting it shot and edited. Yes. And I'm, you're working on the content yourself. Um, so what does that entail in terms of how much time does it take from shooting the video to getting it all done and out and what might be uh, a range of cost for something like that to get done?
1: Right. So the professional videos can cost, well, from, I'd say 800 to a thousand to several thousand. I mean, I didn't go that far, but. It depends who you're hiring, but the, I know from my office, and people use other people, mm-hmm. it could be 5K plus for, you know, <laughs> a basic, not mine, I didn't pay that kind of money, right. believe me, it was not like that, but I would say, it can, I'm giving you a range, Yeah. you know, from 800 to 1,000, perhaps for a really top-notch, to four to 5,000, to have, like, your own three to five-minute who you are that's on, let's say, the Sotheby's website, um, they have another company do it, you're talking high-end professionals. Um, It can be done on the iPhone for next to nothing. And I can use iMovie and do it myself. And I do those walkabouts for no money at all, and I do it, and I've been taught, he taught me how to do it. (laughs) And I can do it straight on my phone and put it on, on social media. But talking, going professionally, it can be quite costly. I don't do it often. I'll take one major idea a year, and I'll work on it. We did this buyer series all winter Launched it now over the end of summer, fall. It was 11 plus intro on how to buy. I did the content. We did it in my, in my condo actually. And we it took them all like winter and into the summer to edit it. And I had to, it was, a, it was really quite something, but it's worth it because it's an education series.
0: Yeah, and it's an evergreen piece, right? So it's something that sits there and it's always uh, of interest to people. So have you been able to measure a return on that type of investment in terms of how many calls you might be getting? Do people say, oh, I saw this or I saw that? Are you getting any of that or is it? are you just laying the foundation for that right now?
1: I would say a bit of both. It does lay the foundation. People definitely have found me. A lot of my peers in real estate are with me on all my social media platforms. And, of course, we all are seeing what everyone does. And everyone has always commented, people I know. Wow, you're doing amazing things. So it's definitely visibility, credibility, um, and that's really important to me. And it's all back onto my website because everything has to be there. And and when people check me out, I say, check out my website. If you want to know about me, if you want to buy, sell, I'd love to help you. My first thing I would say to a potential new lead client, hopefully, go to my website. Because what did I do? I have a senior mother, 93. And my technology brand came with me in the winter because she's still alive and well. Let's do a story about my mother, her real estate story. And it talks about coming to Canada, talks about where she lived in the 40s and 50s after the war, all the different phases of life, what help she needs as she gets older. She's in her condo with a caregiver. Should she go to assisted living? And it goes through pictures of the past. It, it, it's beautiful. So these are things that I've created with my technology professional. I mean, with my video person, I'm t- telling you, his name is Sean. And this is beautiful because it's my story and it's authentic.
0: And it's relatable to your your market. Absolutely. Fantastic. Excellent. So you've got all that set. You're definitely on, on the ball with technology now. <laughs> <laughs> So let's say that as you are right now, for whatever reason, let's say you have a niece that's thinking of getting into real estate somewhere else in North America, and she just got her license. What would you advise her to do to get the ball rolling for the first year of her career and forward?
1: Right. I would say definitely um, I would do something I didn't do. I would recommend. I would recommend they go to a team. I would recommend rather than be. I, I learned and I did great, but it was a slow go. Joining a big group of thirty in a coaching group when you're newbie, when you're new, I would recommend to a family member or a- anybody out there as an alternative to that. Try joining a team. Uh, certainly, interview a few. It has to gel. You have to feel right, authentic, and and all feel good about the team. But learn from the best and learn from people who are who know what they're doing, because I certainly didn't, nor did the group of 30, I'll tell you, in the room. <laughs> so if I were to on it again, I would advise go to a team, learn for at least a year. They'll help you with the CRM, the, the scripts and who to call and how to call and all the paperwork and all the digital work behind. I think that's the way to go.
0: Yeah, and they I, have all the systems in place already.
1: So why not join that? and learn one-on-one or a group of several or whatever it is, as long as it's a good fit, I I would do that.
0: Yeah, and I think that's the key, as long as it's a good fit, because there are several teams out there that are all about just sales and supporting the the head person and that you're just another, you know, <laughs> spoke in the wheel, so to speak. But there are plenty of teams out there that are all about training. They're like mini brokerages, essentially, and uh, very focused on training and development of their own members and and lifting them up to their own success. Correct. Correct. Yeah, I agree. agree. Definitely. That's a good way to go. So um, if you had somebody that was going about it and they they weren't doing a team and they were just going solo, they were headstrong (laughs) and determined to do it themselves, what might be three ways you think they, they should focus on or three things they should focus on to generate business and to to get their business off the ground?
1: Mm. I think it's really important to hire a coach. I know it's expensive. And if you haven't been generating a lot of business, it's an add on expense. However, that's something that I did after a couple of years, I probably couldn't afford to do it too early on. However, if one can to at least start with somebody who can coach you on the phone and explain to you the importance of, of Number one, prospecting. Without prospecting, getting on the phone, talking to people. This is, as they say, a contact sport. If you don't talk to people and you do administration all day, which is what I did probably for the first two years. If you don't talk to people, how are you going to be out there in the trenches, working with people, trying to sell real estate and contact people who want to buy and sell? So number one, talk to a coach, someone who can give you guidance. This particular coach will encourage you how to prospect properly. So that would be the second point, and it's the most important thing that I've learned later on in my career. And the third thing would be, stick to a schedule. Because we're all on our own, working either in a team, or with a large group, or as I am solo all this time, and I continue to want to stay that way, I have to discipline myself. Otherwise, I could have coffee and go out all day long and have a great time. But I have to stick to a schedule. And in the morning is the best time to get on the phone and do what you have to do to create and generate business. And the rest can be administration, follow up and every, to get on a schedule.
0: So let me that's, ask you a question, because that's great and, and definitely on point. Uh, where does the schedule come from? How do you design your schedule? Does it really go, um, people do it differently, but the way that I do it is I look big picture at my yearly goals, whatever they be, whether it's uh, an amount of money or for me, it's really how many people can I help? So I'm really more focused on number of transactions, if you will, Uh, and then breaking that down to monthly, breaking that down to weekly activities, breaking that down to daily activities. Is that how you go about it as well? Yes,
1: yes. I didn't used to do numbers at all and just was, many people do wing it, like whatever happens, happens. I don't do that anymore, because I do have a coach. He he has me on track. Every month I have to submit to him a monthly sheet of how many people throughout the month I'm going to be speaking to, what are the three pillars of ways I'm going to be creating business, Um, and that was part of the coaching, Um, What are the three things I like to do most when I prospect? So for me, it's people um, I know, which is my database and my past clients. That's the first one. The second one is online internet leads, which I have a lot of. And the third is circle prospecting in my neighborhood. So these are three pillars. They have to be three things you like to do. And you have, it took me like five, six years to figure that out.
0: <laughs> You're not going to do what you don't like to do. That's what the <laughs> bottom line is, right?
1: And get over the fear of it. You have to be in the mindset. That's really important. Positive mindset. So those are the three things. And what do I do every month? Yes, I go over the numbers. I know that I should be speaking to X amount of people every week in each of these pillars. And um, then you add it up and to how many I've spoken to, and how many connections, and how many deals this will lead to. So I'm quite strict on it, not as strict as some, but certainly more than I ever was before.
0: (laughs) And do you know where, um, what percentage of your business comes from which pillar?
1: Yes. I would say this year, the majority of my business is through internet leads. That's why it's so important that I have this whole digital world out there. And Uh I do
0: Now, is this pay-per-click type of internet leads? Is this Facebook? Is it uh, natural organic through your content? How is it coming along?
1: It's all of those and through a lead generation company that I am affiliated with. So there are some out there in Canada. And uh, I I also, part of my operating expenses go to that and pay-per-clicks and people and tag marketing. And it's not my branded website, it's Listings website, it's it's Listings, so people really want to know more about properties that they can potentially buy, as much as they want to know about the agent after. Right. So it's all about, it took me time to figure this out, and this past year, lead. Uh, The lead gen has been mainly through digital sources.
0: Fantastic. So let me ask you a little bit so we can dig just a bit deeper into that. What is a picture of a lead coming in from one of those sources? How do you convert one of those leads? Because that seems so foreign to a lot of people. And it is quite a process. Some of these leads are are months and months out from doing something, and some of them want to transact right away. So what is the process?
1: I would say every month I have about 20 leads that come to me and i have to filter them out a lot of them i'll say 95% of them are nothing because they're just poking around what kind of house can you get or just interest like whatever right. not serious and i could tell that because i could tell where they're what they're looking at and potentially where they live cuz the phone number they're usually not correct that's always a sign that they're not that serious and certainly the email has to be correct if they want to get some some um, new property listings that they're seeking um so i have to parse out those that are really potentially good and i follow them up almost daily i would say daily with an email can i help you what is it you're looking for where are you in this buying process can we and you and if it's the wrong phone number i'll say i see that i can't connect with you on this phone number it's not correct however how can i help you and because i have their email and if they don't respond and so on, it's going nowhere. But when they do respond, we begin a dialogue. And I would—I've had at least five to six very strong deals this past year from internet leads. And so are you develop, trying
0: to call them right away?
1: Yes, as within, they come
0: in, or is it scheduled per day from this time to this time? I respond.
1: I've had two that came in this weekend, actually yesterday, and I haven't had a chance to contact them yet, but I will right after we get off this call. I will see if the phone number is correct. If it's not, I will know because it's someone else answers or it just says it's not the right number. And um, I will then connect with them by email. And I follow, this is a very important part of my business and I really enjoy it because I've had great success. I've helped um, um, through this, I helped a family downsize, a major house over two million dollars in Toronto. They did not know me, and building rapport on the phone with emails, having several meetings with them. They built I built trust, and they got to know me, and um, they gave me the opportunity to sell their house, which was in the Young Eglinton, Forest Hill kind of corridor. It was really nice. They needed it downsized. Uh, they needed it decluttered. I brought in specialists. I brought in contractor people to do painting and things, and got that house sold. And they needed to buy a condo, because they were like me, downsizers, wanted to buy like around the corner in this area, sort of midtown, Yorkville annex area, found them a condo. You're talking $2 million twice. The sell and the buy. And and young uh, starter buyers this past uh, month found me on the internet, we met, She's in her 30s, never bought a condo, met her parents, they really liked me. They I sold her a condo for 1.2 plus last week.
0: Fantastic. So, so how long is this process from contact initial contact through till you know some sort of transaction or or a listing agreement?
1: It could take six to eight months where I'm in contact with people who live out of Toronto and will move to Toronto and have and are thrilled that I'm sending them listings because they want to move to Toronto, that could take eight months to a year until things happen, until they come here and I meet with them and it can be within weeks and it can be generally three to five months, I'd say. On average, it takes several months of nurturing these these leads to make them real.
0: So how often do you contact them in order to make them real? Let's say you email, you call, it's a wrong number, you email. How many times do you send a message before they they reply? Do you give up, let's say, and say, okay, move on to the next one? Or um, how many times do you reply if they do respond in order to take them through the whole process?
1: I'm immediate. I'm really on top of it. I have a list of Maybe eight people that I know are interested in some fashion now or in the new year. Um, I'll send them an email every couple of weeks. Hi, how's it going? I hope you like the listings that you're getting. Would you like me to change the criteria? Because I set them up on a criteria, how much they're looking for, what type of home and where. Would you like me to change the criteria? Some will say, well, it's a little too high where you have me. Push it down a little. bit." So we're in conversation. And eventually, they're going to pretty soon give me their phone number and we'll talk. So... Some are more shy, more distant, and I'm not sure. So it's, it's a process of baby steps. It's really an exciting thing, and I think it's, it's, it's something that's very key to my business.
0: Yeah, it's an art form for a lot of people, really, to get used to the whole idea. Because it's not like the face-to-face thing. It's really just an initial phase. And people sometimes want to jump to get married, basically, to use that analogy. Right yeah. off the bat, hey, you ready to buy? Let's go today. And yes. that pushes a lot of people back. That's right. You, yeah, have, so you to have to know, just nurture it.
1: Nurture it. And many times I'll say, I see that you're not quite ready yet. However, maybe we can meet for a cup of coffee just to see who face-to-face who we are. We're just, you know, where is what is your situation? I'd like to help you. Or even just have a cup of coffee. And that is not threatening. And it's really getting to know people. And that's how you start fantastic you have to be you have to be an authentic person you have to in my opinion I try to be and you have to be a people person you really have to be a it's people person it's a difficult person.
0: business to be in if you're not
1: <laughs> it's a difficult business if you can't sit at home or in your office and just push
0: papers yeah definitely okay so you talked about coaching being a big part of your success Now, how did you go about that realization? How did that come? How did you go about choosing a coach? Because there are many different coaching systems and coaches around North America. How did you go about it, and who did you end up going with?
1: Uh, I have had several coaches. Uh, One excellent, excellent coach who I really adore, and he was terrific, and I worked with him for one year, Bruce Keith. And you familiar with him? Bruce Keith results?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I, I know Bruce Keith.
1: Terrific, terrific. And uh, then um, when I joined Sotheby's, I was on my own for some months, and I wanted actually almost a year, and I wanted to do better. And I had no coach. And, again, I wasn't keeping to a schedule, and I was floundering a little bit. And in May of this year, 2018, uh, John Tubularis, I don't know if you know him. He's with REMAX Ultimate no longer selling, but he's he's written a book, which I have on my desk. And it caught my, the book just came out actually. He's a young fellow who has had tremendous success in North America, and he's been in the trenches himself. He's in his 30s, he's really great, and um, he's really been helping me one-on-one now for the past number of months, and I have seen my business Through scripting, the scripting was something I was lacking. And he has helped me and given me partners to script with, to say the right things, to move people forward and me forward with them when they're
0: stuck. Did you find that unnatural? Most people do find it unnatural to begin with. And that's what pushes a lot of people away from it to never do it again. Um, How did you find the whole scripting process?
1: It's something that was foreign to me. I just thought I'll be authentic and speak as I please and what I think should be said. But it's always—it's not always good enough. You have to really say, learn the right things to say to help people and uh, to move people forward and the process forward. We're not here just to socialize. We're here to help people buy or sell. And it's an important thing to learn. There's always education in this business. One is always learning and the coach is a, very, a coach is very, very important. It is a big expense. However, when I amortize what, what I have made with the past number of deals since May with him, I don't think I would have closed at least three of them without this coach.
0: Well, it's an investment, and, and you get that return. If you don't get the return, then you're probably with the wrong coach.
1: <laughs> yes, and you have to listen to what they say because that's very important and learn from it.
0: Absolutely fantastic. So, parting words for those that are just getting into the business, or that are maybe struggling and, and trying to shift into a new direction. What do you think uh, you can give them in terms of words of advice, and maybe some some books or or something that you can recommend? Hmm. Well,
1: come in with a positive attitude. It's not an easy business. Have a really positive mindset because if you don't, you're going to go into the demons of your head because you're going to falter. You don't get a regular paycheck here, nine to five. If you don't do any business, you're not going to earn anything and you'll have no commission. It's all about being positive, getting up in the morning, figuring out what you're going to do today to make a connection with somebody and Potentially have a meeting for a, with a buyer, with a seller, and help them through the process from A to Z. That, and love what you're doing. That's really, really important. Another thing, be open to learning, open to training. I take courses all the time in my brokerage. I take courses uh, through TREB, and I take private certification courses, such as right now I'm completing the master certified negotiation expert course. And um, that will make me a certified expert in negotiating for buyers or sellers. Always improving for your clients.
0: Fantastic. Well, Thank you so much for taking the time with us and sharing today, Vivian. I really appreciate it.
1: Oh, my pleasure. It was fun. Thanks.
0: (laughs) All right, take care. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody out there in podcast land, I just wanted to say thank you so much. I truly appreciate you for your support and for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, like, comment, share this all over social media, and especially share it with a realtor that you know that might be having a difficult time finding their own path to success. I'll see you on the next episode.